0: Dirt radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights.
1: Anti nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnets. Activists. Bulls. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilizing a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt radio.
0: And that's us. Dirt radio. John Langer here. And uh, hope you are doing reasonably well. We're sponsored by Friends of the Earth, and you can check us out at fo.org.au. Friends of the Earth Asia Pacific is a regional network for Friends of the Earth International. FO APAC, as it's known, includes, as well as Australia, 12 other countries in the region. And this year, FO APAC annual general meeting was held in papua new guinea and chloe aldenhoven coal and gas campaigner at faux melbourne was the australian delegate good morning chloe
1: good morning john now very
0: briefly we'll get into this a little bit a uh, little bit more detail because uh, i wanted to talk to you about this uh special annual general meeting but Briefly to give us a bit of a snapshot, because I don't know much about it myself, give us a rundown about what happens at Friends of the Earth uh, Asia-Pacific at the annual general meeting, and where was it actually held in Papua New Guinea, how many days does it take place, and what happens?
1: So Friends of the Earth Australia is part of an amazing international federation of environment groups that make up Friends of the Earth International. Um, so Friends of the Earth actually operates in 75 countries across across the globe, and because uh, and we, we usually meet, all of those 75 countries usually meet every two years, we're bound together by a shared analysis that environmental struggle is usually happening concurrently to social struggle, and actually the two can't be interlinked, where you find that there are environmental disasters or environmentally damaging developments. Usually you also find that there are people have, who have been displaced because of them or who are suffering from health impacts because of the pollution or um, or it's interfering with their livelihoods and way of life. And that's why so it works in the way that it does. Wherever we see an environmental crisis, we also try to address the, the social problems that go with it. And we also understand that the liberation of all people is... Um, is the same struggle as the liberation of the environment and protection of the environment um, so yeah we have 75 countries that have groups that work uh, along these ideas and we usually come together in, in biannual general meetings as the, as an international cohort of all those 75 countries and discuss different policy platforms, discuss how we're going to work together in international spaces to, um, to advance our struggles we discuss various kinds of international campaigning Um, and because we're such a big group we also divide into regions. There's the Asia-Pacific region that Australia is part of, the African region, the European region and um, Latin America and the Caribbean Um, and so every, every year we have an annual meeting in Asia, we we currently have about 12 countries that sort are of part of the Asia-Pacific region that kind of... Take, it's a very big region. Mm. It includes Palestine, it includes Russia, um, South Korea and Japan on the other side, um, and, yeah, so up from Russia all the way down to Australia. So there's, there's um, very wide geography involved, lots mm. of very mm. different political contexts.
2: Mm. Um,
1: and... We come together for a week-long meeting every year to um, share our campaigns with each other, to talk about various solidarity initiatives that we can create to help each other's campaigns. Um, yeah, and to, to try and develop a vision for the entire Asia-Pacific region about how we create a sustainable world.
0: Right, and, and it was in Papua New Guinea, whereabouts? It was it Port Moresby, was it?
1: Yeah, just outside Port Moresby, in a, in a village outside Port Moresby, um, it was hosted by the Papua New Guinean group Selcor Friends of the Earth, Papua New Guinea, and they are primarily an environmental law organisation, and they do a lot of work helping uh, Papua New Guinean communities often deal with with displacement and with land grabbing issues, because mm-hmm. there are yeah. lots of corporations and developments that mm-hmm. move into Papua New Guinea. That um, a few lands that had previously been been um, owned and run by the community, in order to build, you know, whether it's big developments or, or mining projects, um, it's a it's a big problem in Papua New Guinea, and Celcor mm-hmm. work to represent those communities.
0: And uh, just in terms of uh, you provided us with a fairly big overall picture. Getting down to your participation itself, and on a more personal level. What did you find most unexpected or or surprising about this week-long event?
1: Um, I think that often the most, most unexpected and inspiring things are um, like finding out what other groups in the region have you been up to that you hadn't even heard about. Uh, recently, the Korean group was part of a big civil society and social movement that displaced um, their president, who they considered to be corrupt and uh, somewhat dictatorial. And they have been working with the new president on his environmental policy and actually got him to make a public statement saying they're going to rule out nuclear power hmm. because of concerns over incidents like Fukushima happening in Korea. And they've also committed to not build any new coal fired power stations and um, phase out coal power, which has included abandoning coal-fired power projects that are up to 20% built already,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which I think is just an absolutely phenomenal story of of social movements getting a president to commit to an mm-hmm. energy transition in the name of climate change and safe energy. Um, and not something that we hear about very much in the Australian media, but, um, yeah, I think... I think Hearing hearing stories of of those kinds of things, like a, just all across the region, there are stories of mm. of community action um, resulting in you know the protection of the community or the creation of really amazing sustainable initiatives, and mm, mm. so inspiring.
0: <laughs> Chloe, it's very interesting that you you're talking about this because I just heard something very recently as well about uh, how Australia doesn't really hear very much about the region. Um, just an example, of, you know, most recently we're, we're hearing huge, huge amounts about Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Irma. But there's virtually nothing about the, the devastation going on in Bangladesh, the thing that you're talking about in, in Korea, South Korea. And this person was basically saying that Australia in the region really is so Eurocentric, it, it, it needs to turn its attention to the region.
1: Eurocentric and America-centric. I find that really amazing as well. And also, I mean, something that surprised me about the Friends of Yes Asia Pacific um, focus is is how much it's made me feel connected to Asia and Asia, the Asia Pacific and um, and issues within the Asia Pacific in a way that I just wasn't before when I was just consuming Australian media and mm. um, kind of you know only engaging sometimes with with the Asia-Pacific and Asia-Pacific mm, politics.
2: Mm, mm. But
1: this has really made me understand. I mean, uh, just even uh, spending time with the Indonesian group who are a phenomenal group. Um, they're called WAHI and they have about 200 um, community groups that are part of this federation. Um, and the, the work that they're doing is absolutely amazing. A lot of the time it's um, opposing the work of, of Australian companies or companies that Australian communities are also trying to oppose, you know, mm, coal mm. mining and, and other problems. And yeah, I just, um, it's so amazing how disconnected we are from from
0: neighbors that are just so close. Mhm. Something else that you you mentioned as part of the organization or the 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 uh network that's involved it includes Russia. This this interested me as well. Did you find out much about uh what was going on in terms of of uh, environmental issues in Russia?
1: Mm, yes, yeah, so because there, there are a couple of difficult um Difficult decisions that we have to make in Friends of the Earth about where certain countries sit as far as regions are concerned. So we have we've we've split the Russian group into into Western Russia, which meets with the European group, and Asian Russia, which meets with Asia, the Asia Pacific region. But they are an absolutely phenomenal group as well. They're absolutely huge. Um, they are called the Russian Sociological and Ecological Union, and they're two, a federation of, of local groups working. On you know, forestry issues, energy issues, right? You know, things right mm-hmm. across Asia. Mm-hmm. They are subject to a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh, repression by the by the Russian government. A lot of their groups um, are considered foreign agents within Russia because they sometimes work with with other groups and people outside Russia and so they're subject to a huge amount of surveillance and repression and um, it's phenomenal for me to see Mm. how activists work against all these kinds of Mm. adverse circumstances against these governments in other countries. It's often conditions that we can't even imagine as Mm. Australian activists and um, uh,
0: that in itself is is incredibly inspiring. Mm-hmm. It's very, really inspiring and very interesting to hear hear you talking about these things. One of the key issues, as I as I read about it, was a uh, um, discussed that was uh, targeting environment, environmental and human rights defenders by governments and, and corporations in the region. What was discussed in relation to that?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I'm, it's been a, a, a phenomenon for a long time, but unfortunately in the last couple of years it really accelerated that people who are working with communities to protect them from development projects or environmentally damaging projects are becoming personally um, pursued by governments or corporations and sometimes murdered um, but last year we heard about the case of Berta Caceres, um, who was a who was a Honduran activist working to stop a big dam project in Honduras, and she was murdered. Yes. Um, uh, uh, uh she was murdered um, at the time that she was staying with her Friends of the Earth Mexico colleague Gustav. And we heard at the Friends of the Earth meeting last year, the very, uh, Gustav told us the very harrowing tale of the night that she was murdered and he was very close to being murdered as well. Um, there are incidents right across the world, um, you know, especially in Latin America in some places, but right across the world of how activists and community members who are trying to protect themselves from environmental destruction are being p- persecuted by governments and corporations associated with them. Um, and Friends of the Earth have decided that it it's, has to be part of our core business to figure out a way to protect these people. To try and um, make sure that if they are in a circumstance um, where their life is in danger, that we find ways to protect them. We try to find them safe passage out of there in some cases, um, and also that we that we recognise that the best way to protect people is. To understand the root cause, which is corporate power and corporate power over our governments. And, um, obviously all of our Friends of the Earth campaigns are, are trying to work for the, for the safety of the communities in the, in these instances. And we, um, are now, yeah, de- developing a project specifically in the Asia Pacific to be, mm. um, to be helping people who are at risk or figuring out systems to try and alleviate that risk and, um, I mean, we've got all kinds of countries in the Asia Pacific who are yes. in desperate need of them. I, I mentioned Russia, but um, Palestine is also part of the um, part of the region, and they have a lot of activists who are considered at risk. Uh, the Philippines is another fantastic yes. example. We've got Duarte there, who's said openly that he is he's willing to um, to to kill people in civil society organisations to um, speak out against his government. Uh, right, Indonesia, Malaysia, all of these mm, places mm. Are, um, are considered very high risk places for environmental activists and and community members to be to be um, to be mm. speaking out mm. against development projects.
0: Now, they they are, I'll just turn to something else. You you did mention um, South Korea and and uh, stopping coal and and coal fired fire power. There's Something else that's related to this is is uh, displaced peoples, and, and that also is a very important issue, in particularly in the Asia Pacific region, Pacific Islands, and so on. Did you have a, a session on that as well?
1: Um, so the, the climate displaced peoples issue is something that is we're really trying to start to take seriously is the Asia Pacific region. There's, uh, oh, yeah, as you said, there are already people in the Pacific Islands who are being. Uh, displaced. There's an amazing project called Tallulah Pisa, um, which Friends of the Earth Brisbane is involved with. That is uh, helping to rehome um, rehome people who have been displaced from the um, Caracas Islands outside Papua New Guinea. Mm. And uh, obviously, as a result of climate change, we're going to be expecting huge numbers of people to be forced to migrate from their homes. Um, and at the moment, we've we've seen how grossly inadequate the um, international refugee um, institutions have been at dealing with with uh, people who've been displaced from wars recently, and we're looking at you know mm. like huge multiplications of those numbers of displaced people if climate change um, if the worst effects of climate change happen. So. The re- looking at reconstructing those institutions and figuring out ways that we can find safe passage for people who can no longer live in their homelands is a very, very wicked problem, as they say in, in policy speak. And yes. um, we really want to make sure that, that Friends of the Earth is at the forefront of advocating for those people, making sure that um, that they have safe safe passage where they need it, making sure that they have the, but it's also about making sure that they have the climate adaptation um, protections to be able to stay in their homelands if they want to, um, making sure that they can live a sustainable life in, in the places that they're going, um, where they and uh, it's um,
2: mm-hmm. we
1: are going to be trying to make sure the governments and international bodies like the UN are really starting to take this seriously and, and making sure that people people are put first
0: just just in relation to what you're talking about are are there plans to put forward uh i don't know what do, what do you do do you put forward uh position papers or how, how how does it actually work i mean I'm just trying to think of you know you're having this week long meeting and the the issues that you're raising are are enormous let's just talk about the displaced people because i've I, you know that that is a critical critical issue for Australia being in mm-hmm. the region as it is um how, how do you, how do you proceed, or do you, do in in your meetings, do you actually set out a set of guidelines or plans that you'll be work on over the next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, we we so with the displaced people, we will we will be starting with a position paper. And um, some of the groups in the Asia Pacific region do a lot of work in the international spaces, like um, regional meetings and and. UN, international UN meetings Mm -hmm. and those kinds of things. So, um, they are uh, an initial area for intervention. I think as we start to develop the campaign, it will also be about us targeting our national governments in a coordinated way and, um, trying to, trying to, yeah, use, use coordinated Mm. national campaigns in order to get, find regional solutions and lobby our governments into finding regional solutions. Mm -hmm. Um, It is, as you said, it's going to be a very long, ongoing process, usually out of these meetings because we have so many issues to cover. Mm. Um, It's about constructing strategies for working groups and for for getting people to, to work together in an ongoing way. Um, and and hopefully um, we'll we'll have ways that people can can meet up in the in the meantime to discuss these issues and work on these issues. Um, we yeah really think that the the regions can be a, a really important um, a really important structure and place for these kinds of discussions to happen. Um, we yeah we've been talking about climate displaced peoples, but we're also um, trying to tackle regional issues such as and coal financing by by regional institutions that are opening coal mines across the region. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Another another issue that we've been looking at is the massive fires that Mm -hmm. happen Mm -hmm. in Southeast Asia. So in Indonesia and Malaysia, um, companies starting massive, massive forest fires usually in order to clear land for monocultures like palm oil. Yes. Um, and these are the the smoke from these fire stretches right across Southeast Asia causes huge amounts of health mm. problems for mm. people in Southeast Asia. And this is something that we see that, you know, the, the Indonesian group may not be able to tackle it by themselves. It's something that perhaps, we can we can manage as a we can yes. start campaigning on it as a regional
0: body, yes, precisely um, because those those sort of industries are global, and uh, the the ramifications are are very very far reaching. I wanted to uh perhaps you know give you a bit of a breath, and also just maybe to finally end is um, you were presenting some stuff i I think you must have been presenting some stuff about what was going on here with FOE. and how was that received, especially the stuff about um, dirty energy about the gas ban in Victoria, um, and yes to renewables and so on. How was that all re- received?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, it was all received very well. I think um, Friends of Australia has a massively w- wide range of campaigns. You know, from from nuclear energy and nuclear waste campaigns all the way through to campaigns on emerging technology. And um, I think that people are are really impressed by by the wide range of our campaigns. Um, And yes, I think, too, we've really got an amazing story to tell in Victoria about what we've managed over the last five years. We've gone from a state that had the worst wind energy laws in the world to being the state that's actually leading the national debate on renewable energy. Mm. And at the same time, we managed to get our government to put in place an outright ban on unconventional gas and we have seen already how much this has um this has annoyed um the proponents of the fossil fuel industry mm, mm, in mm. in the national energy debate context where um we we've got you know the the heads of apir as well as um liberal liberal mp's Demanding that the Victorian government lift the moratorium mm, or the mm. ban on unconventional gas, nearly constantly, warning other states against it. So it's really, it's really thrown a cat amongst the pigeons in the national debate, and it's really inspired communities in the Northern Territory, Western Australia, and in South Australia that they too can ask for a permanent ban. Right. Um, and I, I, it was inspiring. It was inspiring communities across the world when we told that story of, of how of how they could. Um, call for a permanent ban on fracking in their jurisdictions. So, um, I think another really amazing opportunity in these international spaces is being able to share those stories and inspirations, and and learn from each other about about how we can start to achieve these really, these really big progressions on on the energy transition and on creating a more sustainable and just world.
0: Chloe, it's been great talking to you, actually, and I've learned a lot t- t- today as well, and, and really inspiring hearing from you and the massive issues that the, in the region, but but also the connections, I guess, be, between the countries and between the groups. It's it's really something that's very, very important at this point. So I want to thank you for being on DIRT Radio today. Thank you, John. And I'm talking there with Chloe Alden Hoven, and uh, she's the coal and gas campaigner for Friends of the Earth Melbourne. And she was the Australian representative at the Friends of the Earth Asia-Pacific annual general meeting, which happened in, as you heard, Port Mosby in Papua New Guinea just a few weeks ago. And uh, we'll put some details up on the DIRT Radio website if you want to check that out. <laughs>
1: In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday, Years in the Making, Radical Radio, Celebrating 40 Years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for $49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org dot a u forward slash shop get a piece of your own history 3cr's radical radio is available now
0: dirt radio that's us a couple of things at friends of the earth in melbourne coming up on september the 20th act on climate there's going to be a dinner and an information night and uh very important as chloe was saying that there, there are um, of course, regional issues, but there are national issues and there are state-based issues. And uh, Act on Climate is one of the campaigns, very important campaign that's being run by Foe, basically trying to get the Victorian government to keep a firm hand on the levers of renewable energy and make sure that the future looks bright in that area and also coming up a little bit later in the be- at the beginning of October October 7th uh walk this way basically it's a um s- the start of the sustainable cities campaign for friends of the earth and they want people to uh well they're going to get people to walk around the city and they're also trying to get people to pledge on the basis of uh, that walk, and also that will information will be online on Dirt Radio, and also on the Friends of the Earth website.